Jason. Joshua. How are you? Very good, thank you. Here we are. We've decided we kick it off at midnight. Yeah. And in uh, true Beers and Fears fashion. Great. Nice and blokes. Cheers. Thank you. Mm. So the reason we're doing it at midnight is because we're hanging out in uh, Western Sydney with the Italian family who um, don't like us to be outside any time after the sun goes down. True that. No, 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 no. Love you to death. Um, but seriously, we're okay locking ourselves or locking the house after you guys go to bed. Anyway, um, so you're up from Radelaide. Yes. Whereabouts in Radelaide do you actually live? Uh, Elizabeth Downs. All good. And is that um, sort of up towards the Barossa area? Uh, yeah. Yeah. About 15 minutes away from the Barossa. As in, so you're 15 minutes south? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what took you down there? What took me to... Yeah, to uh, Cheap housing. But where were you before? Where I was before? I was renting... Well, I was uh, living with my brother up in uh, Norwood area. Where's Norwood? Which state's that in? That's in... Uh, Adelaide as well. South Australia. South yep. Australia. Yeah, that's um, a bit more closer to the city. So, What took you down to SA though? Well, what took me down to SA was because, well, my mum was moving there. Mm-hmm. My brother was already there. My father was there. So how many brothers have you got? Uh, let me just do the count. Thomas, Jake, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three brothers, one sister. Right. So which brother was actually living down there already? So your Michael. mum went down there first? Uh, no, Michael moved down there. F- well, actually, my father moved down there first. Then mm-hmm. uh, my brother Michael, yeah. he kicked off, you know, his life sort of thing. And I sort of moved there and lived with him for a while, um, you know, bacheloring it up sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Slaying pussy. Yeah, well, trying to, but mm-hmm. not uh, not much success with that. Right. Which is probably a good thing. <laughs> what was Mick's... I think Mick's saying was the uh, the one you knock back is the one you don't get. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes those, the ones you knock back, uh, you're sort of glad that you didn't get. So the um, to give context, Jason is the person I've known the longest in my entire life, or at least, yeah, that, apart from my parents. So yeah. I think you would have met me when... Um, we were knee high to about, a grasshopper. I would have been six months old, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So we go way back, me and you. Yeah. And so we're uh, not blood cousins, but we're definitely cousins. And yeah. Because that's the way we the have family works. definitely come a long way. Um, so you, you're in Orange. Yes. Um, Western New South Wales. Country New South Wales. Yeah. For a good, the uh, best part of 20 years, I guess. 20 years. That's just at the wow. top of my head. And uh, Could be longer, could be less. What was your um, what was your sort of work life like while you're, while you're in Orange? Because country towns tend to be a little bit of a challenge regarding employment. They're, they're, the cost yeah. of living is reasonably low. Yeah. But um, it, it tends to be a bit of a challenge for... Like Orange, if I remember correctly, email, not electronic mail. Yeah. 
but email was um, Electrolux. Electrolux, Electrolux yeah. factory. So yeah, I did actually a do employer. a bit of time there. I probably spent about three or four months there. Mm-hmm. Uh, boxing fridges, awesome stuff. Yeah, really exciting. Not the kind of boxing you like to do. No, definitely no. not. Um, so you were sort of in and out of employment. Well, in I'd started out as uh, as probably sixteen years old. I did my apprenticeship as a baker. Mm-hmm. And followed through with that. Uh, qualified as a baker. Worked at the. So that's an a, that's an apprenticeship. So you're sixteen. Yeah, yeah I was sixteen, and leave I leave school. Yep. How'd you go at school? Oh, hmm. it was a bit of a bit of a rebel, <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, I got in a bit of a trouble mainly because of the fact that I was moved from. When I was at primary school, I was moved from primary school to an all-boys school uh, in Bathurst, St. Stanislaus College. And that was pretty much to make, in my parents' eyes, that was pretty much to make me, straighten me out in a sense. But I rebelled against that and I thought... So I think what happens generally is people who end up getting shipped to a school that's not sort of part of their traditional bloodline. So you think of kids that go to Kings or something like that. It's, you know, generation after generation. Yeah. Stanny's was much the same. It's yeah, well, steeped in heritage, but my understanding was your parents were more or less sending yeah. you off to the school to get your head right. Get my head right, which sort of backfired on them because I was resenting the fact that I was taken away from my friends that was were going to a co-ed school and I was put into an all-boys school. So um, they thought that, you know, we'll put him in a better school, you know, pay the extra money. And I thought, you know what, it's not about that. Yep. It's about, um, I don't know, you know, like it's... From from your side of things or from your parents' side of things? From my side yeah. of things, it was more like um, I hated the fact that I was taken away from my friends that were moving to a co-ed school that right. you know so this was a transition from primary school to high school yeah so you started at stanny's in year seven yeah okay and then did you do the entire so you left it oh you left year in 10? year 10 yeah and you were at stanny's for that entire four-year stretch yes okay and it was coming year 10 i think it was year nine or year 10 when i started doing really bad shit what sort and, of bad shit well i uh, got <laughs> First, I got suspended. Well, what was the bad shit you got caught for? Ah, the one I got caught for. Um, so, I got caught for... I was dealing marijuana out of a Nescafe jar. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Blend 43. That's the one. Nescafe's finest. And so, I was wagging school, um, going down and smoking weed under the tunnels. And I did that a couple of days in a row. And it was on, I think, the second day... That I thought, oh yeah, I got away with that, you know. I went. Oh, yeah, and this is the second day of you dealing. The, oh, this is the second. I was dealing in between, but this was the second day of me wagging school to go and smoke weed under the. Okay, were you commuting? So, for anyone who doesn't know, the distance between Orange and uh, Bath is about half hour drive. Yeah, on a on a bus, it was probably like forty minutes or so. Okay. So I was getting on the bus just down the road from my house. And this is the age of 12 you started. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, I think, yeah. And getting picked up at around oh. 7-ish in the morning, um, getting the bus to school. So I would get to 
Bathurst at a you know probably about an hour or so before I started school. So then I would uh, yeah. So then I would go and smoke cigarettes with a couple of the other lads that were. And you, up. you're actually the person who introduced me to cigarettes. Was I? Yeah. Oh well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're Good welcome. Good on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, some of the um some of the darts that we used to pinch actually was um. We'd go and tax them out of uh, the lockers at um, at the fruit shop where uh, Mick was managing. Yes. We used to go and also steal their porn uh, bags. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so you introduced me to cigarettes and porn. Mm-hmm. I guess. Thank you. Thank. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Right. So you. I'll, I'll, I'll pay that. <laughs> so you're gonna go and smoke ciggies. At, yeah, with uh, the boys that were on school. The, yeah. So we. So were they all commuter darts. kids as well? Sorry. Were they all commuter kids as well? Yeah, that was some some of the boys from Orange that were doing the same sort of run as me. Okay. Same sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, we'd go and smoke cigarettes thinking, cool, we're, yeah, we're sick cunts. Yeah. Fucking smoking And you are. C- yeah, yeah. At the time. <laughs> so you're 14, 15 at this stage? Yeah, roughly about yeah. that. And, okay. yeah, we'd uh, do that. But to go back to where the, the sort of the weed kicked into it, I don't, really don't know how that started. But all I remember is that, yeah, I was um, selling it out of my Nescafe jar. <laughs> where did you even get a Nescafe jar at the age of... What was this, 14, That 15? is where I was really... It's sort of like... Did you tax that from the fruit shop as well? No, I'm pretty sure I got... <laughs> <laughs> no, there would have been some international roast I'm pretty shit. sure I got it in the jar, and that's pretty. That's why my memories go back to right, uh, right. The, the Nescafe jar. Yeah. But um, it wasn't really mainly that I was dealing it. It was mainly I was wagging school to go and smoke that shit under okay. the tunnels yep. with uh i actually went one day i didn't have fucking like proper shoes so i had clothes to change into but because this have is actually... this is a school where you need to wear the oh, correct yeah. shoes That's you need right. to have a you tie need, on yeah. your shirt needs to be tucked in your socks need to be pulled but up yeah the absolutely you need to be wearing the correct hat if you need to have sit, a blazer in winter absolutely you got yep. it and so i went down to i don't know it was like one of the shoe shops and i bought these lynx fucking shoes just to like Change Rebel. out of, yeah. Okay. Change out of and just like be, um, you know, in so the civilian clothes. Traditional shoes you would have been wearing then at that stage would have been like your Clarks or oh, yeah, something they, like they that. Oh, yeah, they were just gay as fuck, normal <laughs> college boy shit, yep, you know, okay. socks pulled up and I was yep. like, nah, fuck this shit. <laughs> yep. And yeah, so I went and just totally like changed. But first day it worked. Uh, second day, a teacher seen us walking to school, mm-hmm. but didn't see us at school. So then the next day was. And were, like, they, were these teachers like traditional teachers, or were they like nuns or? No, yeah, they were normal, or? normal teachers. But okay, right. yeah, they seen Jason walk uh, on his way to school, and then they didn't see Jason at school in that class. So ah. it started raising alarm bells. Okay. Then they rang mother and said, "Oh well, is uh, what, where's Jason? Uh, he's supposed to be at school." And what sort of what sort of fees are we talking about that they would have been paying? Uh, it was as in per term. Yeah, yeah. Or it was five hundred dollars per, per day term. if you want per term. Five hundred bucks per so term. So two thousand okay. dollars a year, which was right. shitloads back then in what nineteen ninety five or yep. earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, now that barely gets you a loaf of bread. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, but back then, you know, like, oh, fuck, if I, when you go to a co-ed school, public school, it's probably like $60, $70 a term, opposed to that 500 so For a was, public school? Around, yeah. Public schools are about 50 or 60 bucks a year. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, the, a year. 
Yeah. There you go. And so that's only, could if, you you imagine choose, what it that's only if you choose to pay it. You don't right. have to pay it. Exactly. Yeah. So could you imagine what it was, how cheap it was back then yeah. opposed to what they were paying? It was so about the same. $500 then, yeah. a term was like big dollars. So a couple of grand a year. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And you're now wagging class to go and smoke darts. Yeah. Because and... I'm like, fuck you, mum, for sending me this all boys school where so I don't get to mingle with chicks or anything like that. Instead of the school actually taking on your... Um, go get a nature and saying, good for you. You're starting your own business. <laughs> you, found a, you found a need in the community and you're filling it. What did the school do? They call you uh, mum. Yeah, they call mum. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got suspended for, I don't know, maybe it was a week. It could have been longer, but that wasn't too bad. The next story is where the... Yep. Good stuff okay. comes. Yeah. Yep. And we all know about this. Josh knows about this. Um, I've only just met you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so that yeah, that wasn't that was a that wasn't too bad. So yeah. I remember I went to agriculture class and I found a um, agriculture class. Kind of sounds like this is where we teach you how to grow weed. Kind of, yeah. And it was like horticulture, sheep. but it was agriculture. It was, good, it was kind of thing. But in one of the sheds, I found this. Um, it was got like a tap that you'd put on a. What do you call it? Um, home brew kit okay just your your tap so i figured out that if i turned it upside down Mm -hmm. put a cone piece in the end yeah and then i turned the tap and i could control and it was basically a pipe okay so i could control the the airflow of so you're a creative person yeah yeah i was very inventive at the time and probably still am and they discouraged it they did disgusting so where i got caught out was when mum found it in my bag found a homebrew tap you found the tap but they smelt it <laughs> and they smelt the the weed i'm surprised and, like, and knowing your mum for yeah. as long as i have i'm surprised you know what weed smells yeah, like she didn't but oh. that's why she had to pass it through about four or five people that did know what weed smelled like and everyone she, in the family wouldn't have known what weed smelled yeah like. i think they give it to Sh- uncle sheep uncle sheep he has a he was reasonable like, yeah, idea of what weed, weed smells that's like that's fucking yeah. weed mate <laughs> and then he's like what a poof that's when my house cards came crashing down <laughs> yeah, so that was the easy one, I guess. It was the next one that kind of was pretty, what do you call it, uh, disturbing for others mm-hmm. as to my motives behind what I did. And it was purely like, seriously, like not terrorist sort of shit. Not But terrorist. if you looked at this yeah. at this day and age, I would have been fucked up. Right. So we go... Out shooting with Uncle Mick, my uncle. Yeah, my, uh, my stepdad at the time. Yeah, so we, <laughs> right, we, um, we're out shooting. They're off shooting. and I'm Is just, this when we took the van out in the... Uh, no, no, when okay, we went right. camping. No, this was no. a separate time when okay. I, think, I, I think I just went out with Mick and a couple of other dudes, but they were okay. off shooting and I was sort of like left by the ute sort of thing. Just you um, and... Just you and, and me and myself. And what what did you have with you? Uh, nothing until no I found yeah. uh, an empty sort of caravan. I, all I remember was like a, a fucking steel caravan that was just in the middle of nowhere. And I was looking through this caravan and lo and behold, all I find is sticks of gelignite. Yeah. And there was many... And I'm here, I'm just taking these sticks. Oh, wow. It's just like fucking... Beautiful. I'm just like throwing them and 14, snapping in them. And 14, 15 year old. Yeah, you. roughly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I thought, wait a minute. I had this great idea that I was like, fuck, 
I know these boys at school, they're like farm boys. They'll be right into this shit. So I down like yeah. syndrome. So I yeah. got a couple of jelly night sticks and I hit them under the fucking uh, back of the ute seat, like away from uncle Mick. Yeah. And so there I took them home and I put them in a plastic bag and I took them to school with the aim to sell them mm-hmm. just purely to buy shit from the vending machine because, you know, my mum would never give me money to buy cool shit from the fucking Well, as a, as a good Italian mother, she was probably making your lunch every day. Yeah, she was making me schnitzel sandwiches, but I was like happy with, you know, I'd swap my schnitzel sandwiches for fucking Vegemite sandwiches from the Aussies. Mm-hmm. Just because it was different. Yep. So I was like, I might sell this shit to the country boys that live on the farm. They'll be like, you know, and I'll get some, basically they were two bucks. I and was the, like, and these are, you're selling sticks of jelly night at this <laughs> two point. Two sticks of jelly night I took to school. And you sold them for two bucks each. Well, I tried to. Um, mm. It was all a go until I get to class and one of the kids obviously dobbed me in. Then I get called out. Don't dog the boys. <laughs> Damn. Don't dog the like, boys. Like, Why? Yeah. <laughs> and then I get caught out. Jason uh, Cummins uh, come to the headmaster's office and they said to me, oh, we believe that you've got something very dangerous in your possession. That's right. Like, My massive cock. <laughs> <laughs> and then you whipped it out on the principal's desk and that's why you had to leave the like, school. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> and they were sort of like, they went through my bag and they found these two sticks of jelly night that, you know, and this is obviously pre nine eleven, <laughs> yeah, and pre the other one. So yep. I was, I was like, yeah, and sort of thing. <laughs> like, right. like I didn't know that I didn't know the severity of what you had done, what I've done. So no. I'm like, pretty much, I'm selling this shit to buy Mars bars from the fucking vending machine, and they're like, you're gonna try and blow up the fucking school. <laughs> So, Not the case. So, <laughs> I know what it so looks like now as a 38-year-old. Yes. I was like, uh, shit. So what you're... the fuck? So the plot thing. Let me, no, let me just, let me just re, let me rephrase the story, reframe the story right now. You take some explosives to school because you want some Mars bars. Yeah. Okay, cool. Or whatever the vending machine had to offer. All I was thinking was about, fuck yeah, I'm going to clean up. I'm going to get me some of them vegan Mars bars. Exactly. Exactly. That's what happens when you've lived your whole life without having chocolate in Easter and, Mm. you know, oh, you fucking, you can't have that shit. So You were a challenging child though. Oh, yeah, Yeah. I was. I was. To say the least. (laughs) You probably know more than I do. Um I'm pretty sure you were there for a hundred percent of your fuck I was, ups. yeah, I was there, but I'm pretty sure you can shed a lot of light on the ones that I've forgotten. <laughs> yeah, probably can. Um, okay, so so you, from there in the principal's office. Yeah, so I get so I get stuck on what they call in Stanny's. It's called death row, mm-hmm. which is pretty much church sheets, church seats that you've got to sit on until the headmaster. Did you like, get? Was that? Did they still have um, like? hitting oh, kids no. or anything no no, no. cane no I, cane? I pretty much when i went to that school that was just phasing out okay cane. did you ever get the cane before then no no okay right i was pretty much yeah, dodged a few bullets there yeah but um yeah so i'm sitting on this death row yeah um waiting to like what the fuck and then the headmaster would call me in grill me for a bit 
Yeah. All right, send me back out to sit on this chair for another fucking... And then the next day, so six hours at school, I was there for like five and a half sitting on those fucking hard church seats. <gasps> five and a half hours at a Pretty much. You're and then the a next day... On a church pew. Yeah. And on the next day, And in, bang. A, in a church or... No, no, just on the okay. outside of the headmaster's office. Okay, right. Because and fuck you. Yeah. Yep. Okay, right. Yep. And get called in. You know, maybe once in that. And so, how long period. has this gone for? I think over two days it went. Okay. Over two days of six hours, pretty much of sitting there, <sighs> just think, sitting there thinking, what the, the fuck have I done wrong? Psychological trauma. I, yeah. I reckon the explosives could have been a tip off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And <laughs> as to what you've done here, wrong. I am thinking, what the fuck have I done You're wrong? Like, fuck. I hope I don't. I hope they don't find. I'm pretty the sure weed. you need a detonator to set that shit off. But um, anyway, there was no wick. <laughs> um, <laughs> So after that, what happened was, it was quite interesting actually, because I got suspended for two weeks. Yep. And in that two weeks, I was staying at Uncle Mick's house at, yes. uh, Uncle Mick's house. And I remember I was that little front room. You, but your, your mum and family, you were just living across the road. Well, actually mum was um, living with Mick at the time because they sold that house oh, opposite. Okay. That was before they built. Yes. Okay, right. Yep. And in that time, so I had, I got, uh, you know, what is it? After, uh, suspended, but I had to do schoolwork. Okay, right. In that suspension. So for I had to How long did that go for? Two the weeks? The whole fucking two weeks. But in okay. that two weeks, this is the interesting part, is that um, I had a police officer that come and pick me up uh-huh. And he took from me out, Mick's from house. Mick's house, yeah. yeah. Picked me up and took me on a little road trip out to where I found the Jellignite. Mm-hmm. And he gave me a little pep talk on the way. He bought me McDonald's and, and Mars Bar nice. on the way. So he, you know. And he gave real, those sweet, sweet hand jobs. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looked yeah. after me good. Um, yeah, took me out to wherever it was. I'm not sure. It was like. Boranor or something yeah, like that, but so yeah, it's a revenue. Yeah, yeah, where we, we went to this place, and they pretty much got it was like twenty something sticks of jelly night out of this caravan, and they got the local fire brigade to come out, and they put out all this sawdust, and you know they lined up all the you know, and he was giving me the old pep talk on the way, you know, fucking being yeah, he was a top bloke, you know, like he was yeah. made me feel you know like I wasn't in trouble, no. <laughs> and. They pretty much put, you know, they poured diesel all over these sticks of jelly light and set them all on fire and burnt them all off. And, um, yeah, that was pretty much it. But it was it was quite interesting, the whole thing that sort of... So did you find out what the, um, the explosives were for? Was ah, it for mining? Sorry. When I got told by the police officer, he said, did you know the amount, like, what you could have possibly done. He said, you had those sticks of jelly night in a plastic bag. Now, if they sweat and they went off, you would have killed yourself and anyone in a four meter radius. And that was like, whoa, what the fuck did I almost do? To be fair, four meters isn't that far. (laughs) That's the whole fucking classroom, pretty much. If you're at eight meters, it's just a funny story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But if I was included in that four meter radius, that would have been like, suicide mission I don't know but yeah. it was yeah right. when he put that into perspective I sort of was like fuck what did I almost do <laughs> because when they said you know you had him in a plastic bag and if they had sweat they would have went off well no I'm, I'm more concerned about the fact that plastic bags are bad for the environment well <laughs> back then you wouldn't have been but now yes we even knew back then Jason who are we kidding about who are we kidding here come on the, now you would have been like 
oh shit you should have blown up those plastic bags <laughs> exactly vegans had been like yes death to plastic bags that's right um Okay. But yeah, that was my... And yeah, I ended up earning the title of Jellignite Jack. That right. was my but your name's Nick, Jason. That makes that's sense. right. Yeah, they it sort of tried the Jellignite Jason. Jason, but it didn't sort of fit. So they were just like, yeah, we'll just fucking stick with Jellignite Jack. Right. But I suppose if you're in country New South Wales, most nicknames are Jack. Yeah. yeah. Jack off in the beanstalk. Um, Jack off in the beanstalk. Mm. You mean Jack in the beanstalk? Mm, that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> Fuck that. That's no, that was good. That lay, was good. Laying that down, motherfucker. But yeah, so that was. Okay, so this takes you to the age of fifteen. Mm. Yeah, this would have been about, I reckon, year nine because I pretty much got approached by one of the uh, like the headmaster. He was the dean. He was like the second yeah, in yeah. charge, and he said, "Mate, if you don't," and this was my turning point. If you don't sort your shit out, you're going to repeat year 10. Right. And I was like, fuck, I do not want to stay at this fucking school for a minute longer than And was your plan to. at that point to pull out at the end of year 10 anyway? Yeah, yeah. pull okay. out at year 10 and uh, because that way you could, you know, pretty much get a trade. Like you could yep. pursue a trade okay. and at year 10. Once so you that got was your, your plan? To get my year 10 certificate yep. and okay. get the fuck out. Right. So that's pretty much what I did. Now, this is where it's sort of like, this is a great story. I find that I like this story. It was, even though I was in year 10 and I had been pulled up and I was doing good in my school certificate, like, because I was like, fuck this, I'm going to knuckle down because I do not want to stay in this shithole, which is St. Stanislaus College any longer. But I was still a little bit of a fuck and I did have about, coming up to the year 10 once we finished pretty much i'd passed that but i had about eight or nine friday detentions because i'd missed because we'd have um lunchtime detentions mm-hmm. so you'd have to go and pretty much stand in a corner for fucking the whole of lunchtime yep. and i would not show up for that shit so automatically you would get a friday detention if you didn't show up to a lunchtime detention. Yeah, right. So I had about sense. eight of those. So Friday, these are after school detentions. Yes. So yeah. Fridays would be about, and because I'd finished work, um, sorry, finished school at about three something. Yeah. And, and my you're supposed bus, to catch a bus back to Orange. 5.30 was the bus. So oh, normally Jesus. I would go walk down to the shops and just walk around. Fuck, man. So you, two and a half hours after school, yeah. you have to chill out in Bathurst. Yeah. That's only interesting one week a year anyway. That's Bathurst. right. Yeah, that's right. And... Oh my God. Okay. So that's. I had about eight Friday. So, you know, the Friday detentions is pretty much you're, you're sitting down. You're not standing in a corner, but you're sitting down and I don't know. You're writing some shit out. I don't know what it, I can't rem- exactly remember what it was, but it was Words. about two and a half hours of just reflection of what you've fucking done wrong, pretty much. Right. Now, in my mind, when we came to the end of year 10, I still had about eight of these Friday detentions that I had to serve. Right. And if... Before what? They'd let you not be at the school anymore? Pretty much. And I knew that... I was like, this is a bit sort of ludicrous. Like, yeah, like seriously, they're not... Yeah. Now, We're not letting you leave yeah. until you've paid off your debt. That's right. And right. I okay. thought, I'm going to be the only motherfucker that shows up to this Friday detention on year 10, at the end of year 10. Yeah. And I have... I kid you not... I was the only guy that showed up because 
all these other guys had Friday detentions, but they were like, fuck this, you know. We're, yeah, this, we're finished. You, we're finished. What are were you going to do? Hold, going it, off to do trades or... Whatever they, they were doing. Okay. They were like sort of, fuck this, you know, you aren't going to hold me, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking show up because I am 99% sure that they're going to notice that and this is what happened. Give you your sticks of jelly nut back. <laughs> no. <laughs> if only. Jason, we understand. But... You, you were at a troubled time in your life. Yeah. Here's the plastic nah, bag. I was just one of them people that sort of did very stupid things without knowing what he was sort of doing, but what it looked like right, to so everyone else. That you're was adventurous. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I showed up to this this Friday detention yep. with all purpose of serving that Friday detention. Yep. And the dean, with the second in charge, he said, Jason, I can't believe you of all people are the only one to show up to this Friday detention. Was it because you just didn't want to go home? No. no? It was purely because I knew what I was doing and right. I knew that if this guy was anything decent, yep. he would do exactly what I thought he would do. And, and okay. at 16 years old, yeah, this is how I sort of thought like, so I showed up and I kid you not, exactly what I thought would happen, but he thought, oh, you know, I respect the fact that you showed up to this Friday detention and no one else did. And he said, all your Friday detentions uh, wiped. wiped clean. That's it. Because you showed up. He yeah. goes, you have a good life. You look after yourself. I never want to fucking see you again. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> that was in a nutshell. Yeah, that's what he was right. saying. He goes, I okay. respect the fact. He goes, I can't believe you of all people were the one to show up. Right. And I knew what I was, as good as it sounds. So you were calculating. I was calculating. I was right. kind of like smart enough to sort of know that if I played these cards, yep. that this is the possible outcome. Yep. And there obviously is another outcome, but this mm. is the most probable outcome. Okay. And the probable outcome was that this guy was decent enough and he was, he was, and he said, I can't believe you showed up. Bang. See you later. He let me go. So you had to serve the I whole didn't two and a half hours? No. No. He, just the fact that just you were there. Just the fact that I showed up and I knew yeah, that right. that was going to be the outcome. 99% sure. There was that 1% that he was going to say, fuck you, you're going to stay here yeah. and you're going to serve all. But Everything was well, and I was like, I walked out of there going, I can't believe I manipulated that whole situation to my favor. Now, that's kind of I mean, psycho you, shit, but you, like you post rationalized that because you did also fuck up so much that you had that many to serve. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, okay. So, 16, but and it then you worked like, out exactly the way I thought it was going to work out. So, you pull crazy. a ripcord, you're out of school. Yep. And then you're now free and clear to do whatever the fuck you want in country New South Wales. Yeah, so I pretty much, because of the girl I was with at the time, she was pushing me to get an apprenticeship and an apprenticeship. And I was like, fuck it, I'll do a bakery apprenticeship. And that's what I did. Yeah. And uh, you enjoy cooking. It was still yeah. to this day. You, I mean, you just cooked an I amazing I like cooking for time. my family and my friends, but yeah. fuck cooking for people because, you yeah. know. Well, you worked at, if I remember correctly, you worked in a um, very soul-destroying bakery anyway. Was it Bilo or? Uh, Tucker Bag. Tucker Bag. IGA, yeah. Even better. Mm. It wasn't too bad. It was it was all right. Like I look back on that, it was probably one of the best jobs I've had. Really? Paying wise, no, no, no. But okay, comfortability, yeah, it was good. Um, so you did you serve your apprenticeship through them? Yes. Okay. Right, and so you did the whole. Was it three years, four years, four years, four yeah. years? Yeah. 
So you come out, you stay with them at the end of the four years? A little, for a little bit, yeah. Okay. And your partner at the time, she had done a trade herself? Yeah, she was a hairdresser at the time. Okay, right. Um, Okay. Both pretty minimum wage sort of jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, at least it's a set wage. And Mm. you're in country New South Wales. So again, cost of living's down a little bit based on, you know, living in some of the main cities and stuff. Um, okay, cool. So you're um, so you're in a long term relationship at this point. You finished your uh, finished your apprenticeship. Mm. Then, so you've been a troubled child, right? Mm. How did you find the? I guess retrospectively, based on how you were, it, you being a parent now, you've got two kids, right? Mm. Yeah. What yeah, are their names? Liana and Sophia. How old are they? Uh, Liana's eight and Sophia's six. Right. And so retrospectively, so if you look back at how you were as a child, how were you treated? Because it's easy to be a child and be in that position and go, yeah, my fucking parents are pieces of shit. Mm. If you look back and you go, okay, well, the challenges I'm facing now versus how I was treated and how would I have responded, I guess, based on based on being a parent now? Uh, well, I find that I do things totally the opposite right. to what my parents did. Yep. Uh, purely because it doesn't fit into this day and age. Um, yeah. And I didn't like the way I felt when I was treated that way. Okay. Um, nothing against my parents, but that was just the way of the world at the time. Well, and also to, to give it some perspective, the... The family, sort of, the, the the bulk of the family are old school Italian, right? Yeah, yeah. Old school Southern Italian, you know, Calabrian sort of mafia type territory, allegedly. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of the upbringing. Like I've heard the stories of, of um, your mum and Mick and, um, you know, some of the other kids in the, when they were being brought up and how brutal their upbringing was. Yeah, when you compare it to what is accepted today, yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty much like today they would go to jail for that shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty right. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, you know, you break a wooden spoon on a kid's ass today and you're fucking yeah. in trouble. But also wooden spoons these days are fucking way worse manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. So they break easier, but... Yeah. And I wouldn't, back then, I wouldn't kettle, even dream, kettles had cords. Yeah, so you could like, hit with them. I wouldn't yeah. even dream of breaking anything across my daughter's ass at the moment. Like right. seriously, like it's it's one of those things that, as I think we've evolved as parents, and what you do as a parent, um, you try to be better than what your parents were to you, and you tr- you got to fit into the times, sort of thing, and. You know, we couldn't swear back then, but you know, now if my my daughters swear, sometimes it's kind of funny. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was only like not long ago, uh, me and my wife was sort of having a bit of a joke um, at one of my daughters, and that we were having, you know, a bit of a laugh, and you were taking the piss out. <laughs> of Yeah, we're kids. taking the piss yeah, out yeah. of her, yeah. and she just she brewed up and she just belted out like, "Shut the." F- fuck up <laughs> and we just pissed ourselves laughing now if that was me and yep. in back in you know we would co- i would have copped a flogging for that shit yeah you know? okay. um but now it's sort of like a little bit more socially accepted 
to for your kids to yeah <laughs> to I, I think there's that. definitely some um sort of something there that's happened in our society where swear words have become more acceptable um mm. or not so much more acceptable but less frowned upon um but yeah i don't know that it, it's I, I struggle that with that myself still yeah you know seven and six year old kids and but listen to music. No, yeah. I, I put on some music that I like in the car. And then it's, um, you know, something by logic. And it's like, I work hard every motherfucking day. Mm-hmm. And my daughter's like, Dad, I really like the song. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel good about the swear words. I'm like, yeah, that's a, like, I get it. But swear words exist. I'm not yeah. suggesting you need to say them. And, and it's not like I put on this song, you know, on repeat or anything like that. But yeah. if it if it comes on, then... Uh, and another one is No Type by Ray Shremard. She loves that song, but she can't pick up the swear words in that song. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's a, that is a challenge, the swearing. And, it and is stuff a challenge, but like you said, it's, it's a common thing and it's out there and it's sort of like, yeah. well, you know, you can only shield them from that sort of stuff for so long. They pick up more stuff, I believe, from school than they will ever at home. But that, that's always been the case. That's right. That's nothing new. No. What you hope as a parent is that you're not the kid who's teaching the other kids how to swear. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're like, no, no, they've picked up fuck from school, but mm. not realizing that maybe 15 other kids had actually picked up fuck from your kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> and you become right. that parent that everyone's talking about. Right. So um, what was your journey, I guess, f- through sort of young manhood like? So you, you ended up breaking up in a long-term relationship yeah at which age i think it was around 21 okay yeah yeah and you'd bought a house together we yeah we bought a house together quite young i think we moved out together rented at 18 yeah and then from there we we bought a house together i think we only had the house for about geez it wasn't even a year and inside that that's when we sort of fell apart i guess yeah and that was purely because i think if you go to bed at night and you're sitting there thinking is this the person i'm going to spend the rest of my life with Mm -hmm. when you start thinking that or saying that to yourself then that's sort of like hmm, you know that raises sort of alarm bells in because i've never thought that with my current relationship and you know, the mother of my children. I've never thought that once. Yeah. Ever. Okay. Um, and that's sort of a good gauge is to think, when you start thinking like Would that... Would I be better off elsewhere? Yeah. When you yeah. start thinking like that, yeah. that means that there's a lot of sort of questions in your relationship sort of thing. But yeah. I've never thought that ever once with my wife, Jessica. Now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's... And she's an amazing chick. Oh, like absolutely. It, like Some of the... Um, I mean, we can do a bit of a, a deep dive on some of the debauched behaviour that you've participated in, hmm. not not together, but um, like I know for for mine, there was a period where um, I think years ago I'd I'd popped a benzo and then hmm. went and drank a lot, and then managed to make my way back home. But anyone who's ever mixed mixed benzos and alcohol. Yeah, that's... You, you, like, you feel good at the time. But then once you decide that, okay, I'm going to switch the lights off now, your body just goes, you know what? I'm, I'm going to figure shit out from here. Mm. And so I woke up and um, 
woke up in the middle of the night and pissed on a fresh basket of laundry that was sitting in the in the bedroom. Don't know why she hadn't put it away. Lazy. Hmm. <laughs> but um, that was something that happened to me and I'm, I'm like embarrassed by it. I mean, that's, that's a shit thing. But instead of her being able to sort of go, um, you wouldn't believe what Josh did, it was this like mark of shame. Oh. And I've heard so many stories about guys doing phantom pisses in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's not, it's not an uncommon thing. No. And given the fact that I had taken a benzo earlier that day, and it was self-diagnosed anxiety. I had access to one. I took one. And it was, you know, 10 hours later that I was drinking, but guaranteed that was the, that was the problem. Um, yeah, that was, whereas what I found with your partner, Jess, is she's more than happy to be like, this is a fucking funny situation that Jason got himself into. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, look, we own it. Yes. Like if you'd pissed in the cupboard or... She would laugh about laugh. it. Laugh, exactly. Tell the story yeah. over and Retrospectively. Yeah. And so that I... Remember that time? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember the time you pissed in the cupboard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah rather, I do. Do you remember the time you out. shit yourself? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no dragging over the hot coals and... Yeah, you exactly. Know. Hold it over your head for the and, rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, that's right. No, mm. None of that. Well, that's um, that's really awesome that you've been able to find a relationship that's... that that gives you that and I've been hugely envious of that um, for yeah. years I mean your wedding was fantastic even if it was in Adelaide mm. um, but yeah it really was it was a fantastic time um, you know a lot of people showed up for it so it, it says a lot about what people think about you and the family yeah no she's very understanding sometimes probably too understanding I guess that's right. <laughs> ride with it man yeah you can make yeah. mistakes together that's right yeah, yeah. piss on um, each other but which is I don't know it worked out it it works out good because I don't rebel against anything because she's mm. very accepting of anything or all my faults whatever that I've done wrong um so how because you- there's nothing that's what I've done wrong it's not like you've cheated you know shit like that you've yeah yeah you know let me go through your it, phone you're fucking done yeah it's just been silly shit yeah <laughs> And it's all forgivable stuff. But I think I think the the thing that is is kind of been fantastic for you is it seems like you guys are in this. It's like you know, ride till death. Oh yeah, ride or die, bitches. It's, it's pretty much yeah. you know the vows that you say at wedding at your wedding exactly. is pretty much what she says. And how long know. were you together before you got married? Uh, we got married on our ten year anniversary of Wonderful. being together. Yeah, awesome. Um, how would you say that your um mental health has been through through that period i mean you had a, a pretty sort of tough and tragic upbringing yeah it's been a like a roller coaster right. i guess up and down like a and, good one you know, oh no nah, i wouldn't say it was great right. um so but it's more like it's a tower very, of terror yeah it's it's def, it's kind of but i would not take any of it back because it's defined me as the person i am today sort of thing yeah. and i just, i guess i sort of needed that to yeah. um, you know, shape me as the way I am, mm-hmm. because um, you know it's it's one thing about making mistakes in life, and the next thing is recognizing those mistakes that you've made and owning them mm-hmm. and dealing with that. And what are some examples? Um, well, pretty much <laughs> like uh, you know, playing up on my previous 
uh, missus, mm-hmm. which was pretty much, I just left her for someone else. I didn't like cheat, you know, cheat yeah. okay. per se sort of thing. Um, and I pretty much want, you know, everything, everything you do that's wrong has consequences and everything you, could, you do right has consequences as well. That's right. Good consequences, yeah. bad consequences. So I pretty much went through a lot of my life with dealing with bad consequences because I had bad actions to lead to those consequences. Yeah. And I recognized the fact that I did the wrong thing. So I promised to myself that I would never do that again if I find the right girl. Right. And I did find the right yeah. girl and I vowed to myself that I would never, ever break her heart no matter what. Yep. She'll break my heart before I break her heart. Okay. So you're working at the moment? Yeah. Right. And how old are you now? You're 38? 38, yeah. The last couple of years, how have they been? So you're a They're, father. You've yeah. got something to sort of cling to. You're like, I'm a father. I've got a, an amazing wife. How has uh, how how has your sort of mental health journey been the last couple of years? Well, it's been not too bad, but you know, it. I look at it like my mental health has stemmed a lot from self sabotage, as right. in like you take drugs, yep. and you you know I'm obviously diagnosed with ADHD so not obviously but let's yeah let's discuss that so ADHD yeah. diagnosed diagnosed so As out of adult, 18 symptoms of ADHD you I have 19 have, of them pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah that's exactly right yeah so so you've been medicated for that then as an now adult. I am yes As but an adult. I stopped taking that I was diagnosed with that at probably 30 when I was at Stanny's so yep. I was diagnosed with that but I was di- uh medicated with dexamphetamine yep now that didn't work too well with me i mean you know yeah it brought out my concentration and my ability to focus and stuff and still jell ignite (laughs) yeah that was probably i think that was when i wasn't taking them (laughs) but um the symptoms of you know the i think the cons outweighed the pros with that because i wouldn't you know i'd lost a lot of weight and you know i wouldn't sleep i wouldn't eat and that wasn't too good. And then I would have, obviously when it wore off, I would have obviously the symptoms of someone that was on fucking speed. Yeah. I would be a bit psychosis sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I stopped taking that for up until probably a couple of years ago. And then I went to the doctor and told her about, you know, I had ADHD. Why did you stop taking the medication? I, was, I thought I grew out of the shit. And she's like, well, you never grow out of that. Um, and this is just one doctor. This is just one. Or doctor. you've had multiple doctors say the same thing. One doctor at the okay, time, right. and yep. I said, "Look, I don't want to be on that dexamphetamine shit because that really was bad to me." Yeah. So they said, "Well, we'll try you on the Ritalin," and I was like, "Okay, we'll try that." So, and this is only a couple of years ago. Yeah, probably, okay. actually, less than a couple of years. Okay. Um. So it wasn't at around the time of my wedding. Um. This is after my wedding, so with inside of two years. And what made you um, approach the doctor about this? Uh, it was just because I was talking about depression and me not feeling all there in the head. Yeah. Um, and then I just sort of divulged to her the story of that got on the subject of ADHD. And then she said, well, why did you stop taking that? So like, she's now just grabbed onto the ADHD and said that's the most likely cause of your depression? Yeah, she's sort of like... 
said to me, you'd never grow out of that. So why did you stop taking that? Let's get you back on some sort of medication. I was like, fair enough, let's do that. And so therefore she did. And actually this is the funny part is that she was only supposed to have me on this medication for two months legally Mm -hmm. without um, a psychiatrist evaluation sort of thing. But she had me on this for eight, nine months. And then they decided that, Oh, we're just going to cut you off. So they had me on a drug of dependence for nine months, probably six or seven months longer than they were legally allowed to before the drug. Were you aware of this at the time? No, not until they cut me off. Um, And I was like, seriously, I'm about, I'm like two days from going overseas to Bali and you're going to cut me off uh, drug of dependence. I don't know what I'm capable of after this, you know, yeah. like when you cut me off this. Yeah. So she was ringing around to and trying to get me an exemption for just so I could go overseas. And they were just, no, nah, no. Nah. So my wife got on the phone at the doctors and yeah. she's saying, you cannot do this. You can, And they said to her, well, why is he going overseas if he's got a problem like this? He shouldn't be. Do- it's like he, life doesn't stop because he's got a condition. You can't just yeah. stop him from taking... Anyway, at the end of the day, they they let me have a hundred tablets to get me through till ah, but it was only what they were saying is that we can't give you any more until you get psychiatric, psychiatric assessment. Yeah, and okay. so we were ringing around psychiatrists, and they wouldn't get me into May twenty twenty. Jesus Christ! And we're talking. And we're now like we're in July twenty nine. That's right, and this was in March. Last year, this or year, this year, okay, yeah. right. So we're talking like May 2020 that they wouldn't, and Jesus we were like, Christ. "This is ridiculous." And so my wife, she, and no Adelaide, no psychiatrist in Adelaide. We rang so many, and no psychiatrist in Adelaide will not treat a, will not see an adult that has depression and ADHD. Why not? They just will not do it. They just, I don't know. Do they give they, any reason? I don't think that it wasn't really a reason. It was like you. It's like you're too hard to deal with, you know. It's Fuck. like, well, okay, you're fucked wow. up. We don't want to deal with you. Yeah, right. Sort of thing, and that's what the impression. And that's sort of like. So you still, you you still. So this is March this year. So you, how many how many days worth of Ritalin did you still have at that point? So what happened was is that my wife wrote this amazing letter and email to one psychiatrist in Adelaide. Yeah. Poured out her heart out about my situation and what they're trying. So it obviously was good because the secretary rang my wife and said, I don't know what you said, but she doesn't normally do this and she will see you next week. And it was amazing. So we were like, oh, that's great. So those, obviously those tablets that I got was like the exemption was enough to get me to, till I saw her when I came back from Bali and she's seen me and she said, well, look, Jason, 100% 100% you are ADHD as fuck as fuck pretty yep. much ADHD AF yes that's yep, right okay yep. right so and she had to like obviously analyze me or whatever they do and yep, yep and that was the I case. assume she had to put her finger in your bum <laughs> not quite but yeah did you ask her to no because my wife was there <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah. yeah so from there on I have I've had to see her a couple of times and you know, I have to have regular drug tests as okay. to not... To make pro- sure you're still taking it? To, well, no, to make sure I'm not 
testing positive to other illicit drugs as such as like not so much the marijuana but right. she's only confirmed probably three weeks ago to, like i was talking and she goes jason you can't take marijuana with ritalin because you're having a upper and a downer and then it leaves you somewhere in the middle which is not nice right and i was like you are 100% right because I feel like shit when I do that. Okay. So from that moment on, I stopped smoking marijuana. Yeah. Um, but she said, so I have to have regular drug tests to if I right. test positive for cocaine. Yeah. Uh, Does speed. she give you a high five? <laughs> no? <laughs> no. She's like, damn, well, motherfucker. Pretty much. Speed if, if, and if I don't cocaine. hear from her, that means I'm, I'm good. Okay, right. <laughs> um, but I know that already when I, when I do the test. So I have to have regular piss tests. Right. Um, purely because if there's anything that shows up that's a stimulant, yeah, another stimulant, then they will cut me off. Okay. Now I can't afford to be cut off my medication, right? On the fact that I've had some stupid drug or whatever for yep. with my mates or whatever on the weekend, right? Because you know it's 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 bigger than that. <laughs> well, that's interesting. I mean, adult um, prescribed Ritalin. And, and so I assume this is a reasonably strong dose. Uh, well, I'm only supposed to have one tablet three times a day, 10 milligrams, which is pretty much, the, I think, the standard dose. Yeah, right. And they're, the, they're not the slow release, they're instant release. Okay. Uh, which is like, f- I think, four hours worth of effect. But it's because I have a focus uh, disability, I guess. Right. Like, I can only focus for about five minutes yeah if you're telling me how to do something um teaching me how to do something yeah five minutes and then i'm off with the fairies okay unless you're on the on the which prescribed speed it can make the most mundane task very achievable for me yeah right so um when i know that whereas before i was like i didn't want to rely on a drug yeah define me sort of thing well whereas i kind you, of know you that don't want to need... you don't want to have that dependency because you're like no no i want to prove that i'm normal that's right yeah, yeah okay but when i sort of put myself in other people's like why i always always think why other people can do this stuff that i can't yeah and then i sort of realized when i have this medication i'm yeah. more along everyone else's level okay is that i can get through a day of work without saying fuck this i'm going home and what are you doing for work at the moment uh work with uh my brother, uh, we we take the core samples from the mines, and you know we sample them, send them back. And for those listening, when he says sample, he means sample. But yeah, that's, that's right. That's Adelaide. a fallout of living in Radelaide. Yeah, that's right. What is it when you uh, move your body to music? What's that called? Dancing. 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 <laughs> see, I'm sort of broken because I am from. New South Wales, so you'll see me here. When say, you put a seed, plants and plants and yeah, answer I was going to say, answer. when you put a put a seed in the ground in the in the dirt and yeah. water it, what do you get? Yeah, so you I'm very broken with that. Um, <laughs> you'll hear me say plant or plant. That was quite surprising, actually. Um, interesting. So right, so you've got this long term drug dependency, which I mean, you're you're okay with, obviously. Yeah, and it helps you know what? You. And I and I took the time to say, look, I want to make sure that I'm not relying on this shit. Yeah. So I'll just stop having it for a week. Okay, and this just is what to, I did. Actually, just to prove that Just to okay. prove to myself that I do not have any calm downs of it, yeah, yeah. you know. And pretty much the only calm down effect off it is that I just get a bit lazier and a bit slower. Okay. Whereas when I have it, you know, 
if I get up in the morning, four o'clock, whatever for work, it takes away that whole fuck this. I'm not going. I can't be fucked. Or you know, yeah. That, but I'll get up, have my tablet, have breakfast. Bang, yeah. I'm ready for work, and I'm okay. positive. Uh, it makes me a very positive person. So I'm more positive with work, positive with home. Um, All right. So if I just think for a second, so it's basically legal speed, right? Pretty much. It's, okay. it's methylphenidate. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it is a meth in a yeah. sense. Yeah. So that's a byproduct of taking those same drugs in an illicit setting. So mm. if you're to buy some speed, you're going to be more engaged. You're going to be more yeah. conversational. I think the, the people, when they have speed, they're having like, if, if I was to, put it into context with my tablets, yeah. it's probably like having six of my tablets and they're having it in one hit. Right. So that's why their f- come downs and their effects are a way more like the agitation they get. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't get none of that. And because I have ADHD, it affects me differently as to what it would affect a person that doesn't. I'd be interested to know more about sort of what the um, chemical breakdown or um, physiological breakdown of ADHD is like if you could look at a blood screen from one person Mm. and say this person has ADHD as opposed to this person it's actually one of the most misdiagnosed um, problems that is out there like it is one of the most it's just easily thrown out there so this kid has ADHD. He's a troubled child. He's got ADHD, but you know he could grow up to be fine this is I mean this is what I'm seeing in today's society is we're often very quick to diagnose mm. a boy as having ADHD so that they become more like a girl at school. Possibly, right? yeah. And, and girls have tended to be more studious, more um, social focused, more concerned generally about making sure that they're not breaking the rules, making yes. sure that they're conforming to sort of societal constraints and societal norms. Whereas boys who tend to be boisterous i mean it's part of the word Mm. they tend to be a bit more boisterous they tend to be a bit more physical and if you look at sort of the animal kingdom the boys of any particular species that you can pick tend to be that playful wrestling you know those kinds of things and and some of them are more amplified in that way sense like you get some boys a little bit like that but then you get some boys and that boy must Absolutely. be ADHD. I mean, I mean, myself, if I think of myself when I was in school, I was very much of that um, conform, head Do down, thing. study. Uh, yeah. And I mean, that that was sort of a little bit because that's just my personality and a little yeah. bit because my mum was very sort of... Drilled into you. Oh, yeah. You know, you need to go on. You need to go university because that's the Whereas thing Whereas I rebelled against all that. Yeah. Whereas I thought to me, and I still even think under the influence of my medication, that yeah. school... What the hell do you really learn? Like, I think, you know, basic maths, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. You learn how to speak. Beautiful. You, you actually learn that from your parents at home. Um, and if you listen speak. to rap songs, you can do fast can, math. A- exactly. Sp- fast math. Yeah. Quick math. Quick math. Sorry. Two plus two is four. Two plus two is four. <laughs> now, quick math. I, to this day, I don't think I've ever used algebra. Right. To this day, I've never had to really worry about geography. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I was stuck out in the middle of nowhere, what the fuck I'd do with a compass and shit. <laughs> so there's a lot of things. And, and science, yeah, science is I, great. But there's a lot of shit you learn at school that really does not carry on into your life. I do, Look, I won't 100% jump on board with that. But what I will say is you leave school, you have no fucking idea how to do your taxes. 
You have no idea how to manage money. You have absolutely zero idea But on you how got this phone that does it all. <laughs> But if, yeah, in, there's an app for that. Yeah. You have absolutely no idea how to navigate the world and keep your own fucking emotions in check. That's right. That's a really challenging thing. That's right. And they don't teach you that. No. And you come out of school, even if you go through university, you, you come out of school and you go straight into university. You've got three years there learning from a bunch of leftist professors. You come out of university three, you know, three years later, you walk into a job earning $40,000 a year. It's... And you it's think, madness where we I continue did all that to for this. Yeah, we f- continue to force these kids through this sausage factory that just bec- they just become another cog in the in the exactly. machine, as opposed to teaching kids. You're Street not, smarts. You're not, you're not here to find yourself, right? My argument is you're not you're not on this earth to find yourself. I believe we're here you, to. Uh, you're, you're here to make yourself. Yeah, self mastery is exactly. why we're here. We're here yeah. to master this vessel that we've been given and. I just believe that's what it is. It's All right, Charmin, fucking it's Jason. It's purely what it is to be obtain self mastery, right? Because well, if the, you can't, the only discipline this is vehicle that you're driving, yeah, exactly. You know, but I mean, people, how are you supposed to? People are constantly just floating around. Whereas if we we try to instill this aimlessly, sort of, aimlessly, absolutely, and then they're they're trying to figure out. Oh, which which cog will I be so that mm. I can fucking earn my $55,000 a year and then complain about the fact that the government doesn't do enough? If everyone's walking on that road straight, it's the people that decide to take the left turn. Fuck this, I'm going. They're the ones that, they're taking a risk and they're the ones that a lot of the time become successful at something that no one ever thought they could be well, no, successful Well, no risk, at. no reward, right? That's right. So we're told that you finish university, you finish school, then you go to university, and then you'll get a job. White picket fence. Yeah. <laughs> all that shit. Let's just do a quick comparison. Right. So we're 2019, August 3rd. Well, because it's 1 a.m. now. Yes. Um, and you're flying back to Adelaide later today. Mm. Suck a dick. Mm. Um, you finish school now and they encourage i'm not sure what the, exactly what's going on with the schools now where they you can't leave at the end of year 10 unless you've 100 percent got an apprenticeship or something along those lines yeah. right now if you finish school year 12 that's what they want you to do then you move on to university you go into your three years you come out and you have absolutely zero skills that are desirable in the commercial marketplace you walk in as a fucking picket admin manager or a fucking some sort of marketing minor or something, right? You, mm. You've learned everything that university is going to tell you. You walk in on your 45, 50 grand. So now you finish school at, let's say, 18. You've done your three years, so you're 21. Take six months to find a job. So you're pushing towards 22. That's if you're lucky. What about if you leave school at the end of year, year 10 and you go and do a plumbing apprenticeship? Four years. You're, you're probably shit kicking money. ass by the time you're the same age as these other guys. You're earning shit money, right? Yeah. You are earning shit money. If you're money. a plumber or electrician, I no, don't but know, you're as an apprentice, as an ah, apprentice, as an it's going to be shitty yeah. money. But you do your four years, and then plumbers, boom. plumbers are what 130 bucks an hour. Oh yeah, and you're a fully qualified plumber at that point. That's right. And you then can you can move got- on to get your own license. You can specialize in gas, or you can specialize in commercial, or you can specialize in whatever you want. And 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 then you've got an old mate that studied fucking oh. bachelor of whatever. But I mean, uh, this is... I can't find a job this because is the perfect every climate. motherfucker... Has Everyone's got, that. got a degree. That's right. And the the cool part about the, the trade is that your education's already paid for as you go through. Mm. You go and do a degree 
and you've got was it two thousand dollars per semester um, per subject or something along those lines i can't really remember at this point it's it is 10 past one in the morning but mm. um so you walk out say with 40 to fifty thousand dollars worth of debt yes that you do have to pay back to the government mm-hmm. which is fine it's it's mostly I think that you only have to out. pay that if you get the job into what you've if it's, you don't, if you go get it, it's a, based on the income. Shiki, yeah, shiki it's based on income. Because I know a lot of it's people. It's not the industry, but it's 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 based on the money. Yeah. So yeah. I know a lot of people that I worked at with Coles. You know, they're getting yeah. thirty five an hour. How many of those guys that have done their uni, but they're working at fucking Coles? Yeah. Because the money's good. Yeah. Why can't you get a job in your field? Because there's too many motherfuckers in that sh- that field. Exactly. It's like everyone went out and got their forklift license. Yeah. You know, I can't find a forklift fucking job because everyone got that fucking license. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, look, it's a, it's, it's a challenging too- time for people. I look, I'm not going to take anything. What I away tell from- people is, yeah. if you want to go learn I'm something, motherfucker. If you want to learn something, go out and learn psychology or psychiatrist because there is lacking in Adelaide because no one will see you if you're a fucking adult with ADHD and depression. So purely, you need to get into that shit. Uh, that's a very specialized market. I don't know if we can necessarily encourage everyone to um, go out and study psychology. Apparently the, the psychiatrists, you know, like they're all booked out till fucking next year. So if there's more of them, then they won't be booked out. <laughs> psychiatrists, but they're a, they're a qualified And you know how doctor, much... Right? They get, like, we had to pay this bitch fucking $350 for half an hour or an hour or whatever it was. Didn't even get a handjob? No. No. Absolutely not. Did you have to give her one? <laughs> and it turns out she didn't stick her finger in your bum either. Uh, no, so it was totally ripped off. <laughs> Completely ripped off. Um, okay, interesting. So, all right, so you do you think you've mostly got a handle on your depression or is this just an ongoing Where journey? I'm at now, um, big shout out to Neil Geddes, if he's listening. That's the guy... That's helped me a lot. Right. You know, what's he? Is he uh, your mate? No, he's actually uh, the CEO, the founder of the Black Dog Brotherhood, and yeah. that's pretty much an online coaching system where everyone, anyone, any man fighting the Black Dog can pretty much join. And the Black Dog, for for those people unfamiliar, is depression. Depression. So your black dog is your anxiety. black dog. My black dog is my black dog, and right. we're we're fighting. I'm fighting my own and he can come up and bite me on the ass whenever he wants. Um, but I just try and take him for a walk every now and then just to right. calm his shit down. But no, he's, um, this sort of thing is really helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stumbled across it, you know, at four in the morning when I was just like having mad sleep anxiety. And I felt that, fuck this shit. A lot of things happen at the right time for the right reason. So I sort of looked into it and I was like, oh, fuck, this is, this is all right. This could be something good. And it's no, no un, you know, uncharted waters for me. It's all about good nutrition, training. Good sleep. Good sleep, all those things, which I know. But the beauty of it is, is that you're accountable for when you don't do what you're supposed to do. Okay. So every week you've got to submit this... Um, your daily battle score, which is like, did you armor up in the morning? Now, armor up means you get up in the morning, you put on your headphones, listen to good music, get out there and do your training out yep. of the way. You fast for for 16 hours mm-hmm. and eat for an eight-hour window. Yeah. And you do that daily. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, I was like, well, you know, this, if does it, will it, will it work? So I've been doing this for a few, few weeks now. Um, and yeah. For someone that's very sceptical about these, these sort of things, I've found that it has helped me tenfold. 
Yeah. You know, because on Sunday I've got to submit my weekly diary. My, my, my weekly, yeah. it's a sit rep situation report. Okay. And I'm not only letting myself down because it's something about adherence and creating accountability. And when you're accountable, you're letting yourself down and you're letting every other guy in that brotherhood down sort of thing. So okay. you sort of feel the need to... So it's, a, it's more of a, um, from a psychological point, it's, it's that tribal thing. Yeah. Right. And he's tapping into that sort of thing. And I right. really like what he's done. It's sort of something that I um, thought, fuck, that'd be... That's sort of the thing that I would have liked to do yep. if I had my head on straight sort of thing. But this yep. guy's done it and it's working. It's working for a lot of guys. Right. Okay. And this guy's a fucking legend. Like, So where can people find that? Is that a Facebook? It's actually, yeah, it's on Facebook. Facebook if you group? type in the Black Dot Brotherhood, uh, Neil okay. Geddes, he'll give you, you know, if you... Is this a geographic, a geographically specific thing or is this a um, like all across Australia or... All across Australia. Okay. Um, he will call you personally for... Uh, online you know to see where you're at what's wrong yep. you know you he's very comfortable to talk to okay and next year oh sorry uh, later on this year we've got the black dog brotherhood retreat mm-hmm. so we go to queensland uh for two days and we do things like yoga mm-hmm. obstacle courses jump in a you know sit in uh an ice cold rock pool basically for mental strength and all these things sort of build up like they don't claim to be um, to cure depression, but they can severely reduce the symptoms of depression via nutrition and training and it has like uh, strength training. Okay. And it's all been proven by science that strength training will release endorphins. And I know this, like I've known this for a long time. Any, any every time that I've trained, any training yeah, exactly. Yeah, doesn't matter if it's strength. Um, but his particular training is a good one to stick by and it's like there's millions out there and that's where you get sort of lost you're like fuck which one keto diet this diet what the fuck do i do this one works for me um it's gotten results i've seen the results and that's all i sort of need is to like i've tried all these other you know regimes uh training regimes diets and stuff like that it's like the, you know, like they say, the eight-week challenge, the 12-week challenge. The problem with that, the eight-week challenges and that, they come to an end after eight weeks and then you get lost. You're like, what the fuck do I do now? Oh, I've got, yep. you know, I've achieved what I want to achieve, but now where do I go? Yep. Whereas this is an ongoing life thing. Um, and he do does... Th- do you think it's something that in 12 months is still going to be sort of a significant part of your life? I really hope so. I can sort... At this point in time, yes, I see it because... Um, it's bigger than this, you know, it's a, you start making friends with the guys that are on the same level as you. And like I said, we're going to this retreat or whatever. I'm really looking forward to that. And next year he's got something called the black dog slog, which was, uh, walking across the Nullarbor, pretty much raising. That sounds ch- shit. Oh yeah. Oh, sounds <laughs> it sounds horrendous. shit, but the, the core, the meaning like for. That makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> it's, um. Yeah, it's pretty much to like um, charity that thing. Hella Four guys. Boring. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a fucking. When I looked it up, I was like, I was keen. I was like, when I looked it up, I was like, fuck, that's a long motherfucking walk. Oh yeah. But it's made me. It's got to give me a purpose, I guess. Okay. And I'm really strongly. I like to, the idea of raising money f- to help guys, or yeah, you know, 
to, for the awareness of uh, mental health within men. And so, I, th- I mean, that's a, that's a fantastic. Jump on, um, jump on and check it out. So it was uh, Black Dog Brotherhood. Black yeah. Dog Brotherhood. Now, for, I mean, it's not going to work for everyone. Like, no, you know, nothing. for me, it was like an almost that was like. Not, I wouldn't say my calling, but sort of like it tapped into my, oh, fuck, this is interesting. I like okay. the idea of doing that. So anyone that's like-minded like me will jump onto that. Anyone who's not probably won't. Yeah. Um, but if it, you know, if, if it sparks an interest in someone, that means that it's possibly good for them. Okay. Now, it's, it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy, but once you get into this thing and you realise that you're accountable and you own that shit then it becomes like, obviously you can just be like, fuck this man, you know, like I'm not yeah. going to do this. I'm just going to fucking do whatever I do. It's all about owning the stories that you tell yourself about why you don't do shit. Why don't you work out? Oh, it's too hard. Oh, I don't have time. Everyone's got time. Mm. It's not too fucking hard. Why not prolong your life? Why not be the best version of yourself? Yeah. What's wrong with being that? So in your, um, in your darkest times that you can think of, and so you're 38. So in your darkest times, have you been sort of of that, um, you know, towards the suicide sort of mentality? Has yeah, that been I did. A journey? Now, yeah, I, I did get there once, actually. Yeah, I just did, the once? Yep. Yeah. And prior to that, I couldn't, that? Oh, probably inside of a year ago. Okay, wow. Yep. Yeah. And prior to that, I was always the one that could never understand why anyone would want to do that because I was always one that was like, I'd rather the mystery of life than fucking just end it. Okay. And then I sort of, it hit me and then I was like, fuck, is this what, Jesus, I understand now what all these guys, you know, because you just, a lot of shit happens in your life. Um, sort of reframe that as well. You're, you're a father at that point. Yes. You've got, Two lovely girls. Yeah. Awesome wife. Yep. And, and nothing, nothing to sort of give me a reason as in like, she didn't leave me for anyone else. I didn't. Yeah. And that's when it's really scary because when nothing's going wrong in your life, but yet you still feel like this, mm. that's the scary part because it's like, fuck, but you're still thinking that everyone's going to be better off without you. Just yeah, because like you're right. hating on yourself for those... So even your kids at that point. Yeah, it just because you're, you're hating thinking, the I, way I, you talk to your kids one night, yeah. like you've, you've yelled at them and then you think, fuck, you just self-loathing yourself because I, oh, I just spoke badly to my wife or my kids and, you know, and you really take it on board and, and you really beat yourself up inside to the point where you think, they're actually better off without me. Yeah. And... Really, it's not the case that they will be fucking worse off without you and they will hate you for a long time after you, if you do that shit. But at the time, you think that that is the best course of action. Yeah. Um, did you, so with the, with the, that, that, the suicidal thoughts, did you have any plans on how well, you would do it? Yeah, or I like did. Like a drug overdose? Yeah, or? that was pretty much my um, okay. course of action because... I could not, you know, I, was, I pretty much bitched out. I was like, fuck, slitting my wrist, that would hurt too much. Neck myself, oh, that could go wrong. Fuck, that would hurt too much. And I was yeah. like, wait a minute. I've you got don't all want, these You don't want to look kill. like a fuckwit if you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, you don't. You <laughs> if you're going to do it, it you want to do it properly. That's right, yeah. yeah. So I thought, 
wait a minute, I've got all these fucking tablets that the doctor's given me that have fucked me up and made me. And I was like, you know what? I'll just take all these. And I started, yeah, trying to put them all in my mouth and that. And so you actually had a go. Yeah, I did have a go. Yeah. Okay. I did have a go. It was, that was rock bottom for me. Okay. That was rock bottom. And I was drunk at the time. I was like probably 12 beers in. Yeah. Um, listening to some fucking sad ass fucking music. Years, <laughs> pussy. Listening to some sad ass fucking shit. All right. So you're, you're half a case deep beers listening to some uh, Britney Spears. And yeah, I guess yeah. <laughs> some, some sad shit. So maybe some uh, Backstreet Boys from the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. And I was just happy listening to that sad shit because I didn't yeah. want to listen to anything and so happy. You, you, because just, you just sunk yourself into that. I put myself, I was like, you yeah. know what? And as I'm not much of a, you know, godly person, like, you know, Christian, whatever, but yeah. I sat there and I screamed to, to what I think is up there as God. And I said, if you're not going to fucking help me, you can fucking take me, fucking take me right now and I'll fucking do, I'll help you. And then that, that's when I was, Trying to put all this shit. I actually put it the whole box in my mouth and was chewing the fucking thing as well with cardboard, with cardboard. and everything. Yeah. And my, you know, that my wife was the retarded. one that made me fucking. She come up and ripped it out. I know what I was trying to do, but when I look back, I was like, yeah, it probably wouldn't have worked because you were chewing the fucking box and the. Yeah, it's gonna dilute. But I was, yeah, I was okay. just like, I knew, I was like, whatever, I'll fucking maybe it'd only take two, maybe it whatever. Do you find that a um? Do you find that? that point like a really pivotal pivotal point in your life well that's or where i sort was of that, thought is this just one of the bed. speed humps well i found that when i went to bed after that yeah. and after screaming out and i've never ever screamed out to what i think is god yeah and saying you're gonna fucking take me or help me or whatever the next day off i woke up and as weird as it sounds i woke up with this drive of just making myself better yeah and from that moment on i've just sort of gone Small steps, you know, I might have fallen off the wagon a little bit, but I've gone 10 steps forward, maybe two steps back, but then I've gone another five steps forward. So everything's progress. And to this, to where I'm at now is oh, a lot better than where I was. And I look back on that person that was doing that and I'm very ashamed of that person. You know? I, and I, I don't, don't even know that if that was me. I mean, it doesn't you, feel you like you can't it was be ashamed. Me. It's um, uh, I mean, we talked about this earlier, but it, every every mistake you've made along the way is something that's brought you to where you are today. Self-defining, yeah, yeah. And I think um, you know, you're a wonderful person. You, you've definitely been a, a massive, massive part of my life the last sort of fifteen years or so. Um, not so much because you moved to shit town. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sydney's where it's at, folks. That's a complete and utter fucking lie. Yeah. Sydney's a shithole. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry to see that you kind of reached that point. And but I'm happy to reach this point. And I, I think it's good that you come out the back of it. I mean, your journey's definitely not over. No. no. Oh, I'm pretty sure that... We yeah, could like have the same the conversation The black dog will years. come up and yeah. bite me on the bum again here and there. But I feel that I've got the tools yeah. to fight him off a little bit better than I did in the past. And that is that comes with not self-sabotaging my own mind by having drugs that I shouldn't have, like i.e. marijuana, yeah. mixing them with my Riddle. medication. Mm-hmm. As the psychiatrist has told me, that's not good for me. Yeah. So the minute she told me that, 
always sort of knew it, but when the professional said it, it was like, yep, fucking bam, I'm done with that shit. Because she said, oh, I don't care what your mates feel when they have marijuana. We're talking about Jason, and Jason has ADHD, and ADHD and marijuana do not mix. That seems odd, though. Yeah, well... I feel like they, they should be... They should I always said be it to match. myself. Well, I always said it to myself that why am all my mates are so proactive on this shit, but I'm a lazy piece of shit and it just brings, but because I have ADHD and I've got a very active mind, I need a lot of things on the go. I need a lot of stimulus. Yeah. And my mates, whereas I had marijuana to bring myself down and to be lazy and be like, fuck yeah, this is like, I'm chilled. Whereas I need to embrace my ADHD and use that energy for positive shit and that's what I'm slowly starting to learn now at at 38 years old I wish I fucking started learning it at 28 or 22 or 18 but 16 when you were that's right I could have been very successful in something now so what's your um, so you're 38 40 is not far away Hmm. so we got what 17 no 17 months or so until you're you're 40 what's your um, what are your goals I guess from now my Purely my goals now is to be the best version of myself I can possibly be. Uh, it's and a little that, bit it's a little bit abstract. N- well, that is purely my drive. Is so like, what is the what, best version of you? The best version of myself is totally the opposite to what I was. Yeah, but again, even that, like do you have some do you have some benchmarks? Like I mean feeling yeah. feeling better is one to thing. To be quite honest, I really want to help people that were in my position. Okay. That is my ultimate goal, but I have to, once again, I can't fill up anyone else's cup if my jug's empty, basically. So what I'm doing in this meantime is filling up my jug so I can help people that are in this position because if I can get out of this shit, anyone can get out of this shit because I'm not claiming to be a very strong person, but if anyone feels like they're weak or anything like that in these situations, it is... 100% you have the power within yourself to pull yourself out of this shit no matter what no matter what like my problems aren't nowhere near as bad as other people's problems but my problems are my problems and they were given to me because they're me someone else can look at my problems and say fuck man I'm glad I got my problems you know and I can look at their problems and say fuck I'm glad I don't have your problems um so you you got to own your shit in a way yeah. And that's why I say you gotta own your problems and you gotta deal with it. You gotta deal with it and some people won't be able to deal with it, but some people will. So I truly believe that my calling, I guess, is to build myself up to helping people as this guy that I'm sort of in this coaching that he's sort of done. I mean, I don't wanna steal no thunder <laughs> from this guy, but if I can help anyone out of darkness that is that is the you know that is the ultimate goal right and along the lines fuel myself to be a better person for my wife my kids yeah fuck yeah yeah that is the main thing I want to be the best version of myself for my wife and my kids and my family alright um Jason what can I fucking say that was a um that was awesome thanks for doing it it's now 1.30am feel like we should probably get some sleep i'm not sure you probably got some riddling that it's going <laughs> to keep you awake for about four days yeah. um 
Yeah, that's uh, that's been fantastic, um, guys. I may have mentioned earlier, but um, we've got a uh, we've got a voicemail system set up. It's nine five four one eight four five zero. It's just a uh, leave leave a thirty second clip on there if you want, which is just um, some high fives to the guys or um, let us know what you guys are up to, uh, some thanks, some um, verbal high fives, then uh, yeah, you know, we, we'll play some play back some of the best stuff on the uh, on the podcast sometime in the future, so you might hear yourself out there. Try and keep the swearing to a minimum. I'm okay with uh, the occasional fucking cunt, but um, yeah, try to keep it less than 50% saturation. Bear with me, this is my first podcast, so big step for me. Yeah, um, and he's only got little legs though, so yeah. a big step for him. Um, wonderful yeah thanks again Jason um, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys hopefully in, uh, in the next few days as always um, take it easy guys and just remember you're not alone out there you're doing a good job and, and everything is going to be okay that's right